Good morning, and we welcome back to the program Congresswoman Erin Houchin for her bi-weekly chat. Good morning to you, Congresswoman Houchin. How are you doing this morning? Good morning. How are you, Tom? Oh, not too bad, actually. It's uh, December and uh, cooling off quite a bit, but uh, nevertheless, uh, you know, that's the way it works. But anyway, um, and a lot going on. And uh, uh, one thing I I did want to uh, touch base with you uh, on uh, last week, the uh, the vote to expel uh, George Santos from Congress. Uh, You were one of uh, four uh, Republicans from the Indiana congressional delegation, along with the two Democrats who voted to expel. Uh, Can you uh, kind of uh, talk us through uh, your thought behind that? Sure. It is certainly within the jurisdiction of the House of Representatives to hold our members accountable for ethical violations. And the Ethics Committee uh, conducted an investigation. Um, you might have noticed that before uh, the investigation was complete and they had made their recommendations, there was a vote held on the Santos expulsion, and I voted no because the findings had not come back. Uh, however, the findings uh, did um, recommend expulsion for the things that uh, they found uh, in he, they found him in violation of um, quoting uh, that his behavior was beneath the dignity of the office and that he had brought severe discredit upon the House. One of the issues with the Santos vote in particular is that none of the um, none of the uh, truth about Santos. Uh, came out until after the election. So the voters really weren't uh, afforded an opportunity uh, in his district to make an informed choice. Uh, And once uh, he's in office, there is no mechanism other than a vote by the House of Representatives in a two-thirds majority to uh, take a decision to do something different. Um, This is unprecedented, um, but I want to say that the actions of Santos were also unprecedented, unprecedented Um, I ultimately voted uh, for expulsion upon the recommendation of the Ethics Committee. They could have recommended uh, nothing. They could have recommended a fine, uh, censure, or expulsion. Ultimately, that was their recommendation. I concurred with the findings in the 60-page report, which is available for anybody that wants to read it. Uh, You know, some of the things he was accused and found in uh, violation of ethics rules, including using campaign funds for personal purposes, uh, and then... um, uh, falsifying financial disclosures, uh, among other violations. Um, his district uh, had weighed in and, and found about 68% of his district uh, favored expulsion. Again, the only mechanism for that is action by the House of Representatives. Uh, there will be a special election in short order. Uh, it is expected that Republicans will, will retain that seat. Uh, and, um, you know, we... A sad situation that this had to happen, but ultimately, uh, because of the ethics findings, uh, that's why I joined four, uh, three of my other colleagues in Indiana to, to make this decision. And then uh, moving on to other topics, uh, you'd voted to uh, pass a bill to uh, freeze uh, terrorist funds, of course, rather uh, timely in light of uh, what's going on uh, overseas. Yeah, House Republicans have, have repeatedly said we will not fund terrorism, and this past week we passed a bill that would freeze $6 billion uh, in funds that had been released by the Biden administration to Iran, uh, and uh, is, that would have been used to fund terrorist organizations like Hamas. We know that Iran is the leading sponsor of terror, and um, you know I was a proud to, a co-sponsor of the legislation. I, I hope that the Senate will move on that quickly. Uh, the No Funds for Iranian Terrorism Act 
uh, imposes immediate and mandatory sanctions on any financial institution that engages in a transaction um, with Qatari banks that are holding the $6 billion in funds. Um, really, it was reckless of Biden administration to release those funds. Uh, it did destabilize the Middle East uh, and ultimately, um, I think, empowered uh, Iran and Hamas uh, in Israel. So we're preventing the, the largest uh, state sponsor of terrorism from, from accessing these funds, which they really never should have had, had access to to begin with. Um, unfortunately, 118 Democrats uh, voted against uh, this legislation, um, but we're hopeful that the, um, the Senate will move it quickly and that those funds will be frozen. And then in the uh, Ed- Education Workforce Committee hearing, uh, you discussed how the uh, right to work has helped Indiana. And uh, can you expand on that, please, for us? Yeah, Indiana has been a right to work state since we passed legislation in 2012. Uh, we were one of only two states that, uh, after the passage of right to work, that led the nation in manufacturing job growth for two years following the passage of right to work. We've had a 15% increase in manufacturing employment since then. Um, so, you know, there's important right-to-work legislation before the House. Um, I'm a sponsor of that bill. I hope the rest of the nation can see the results from right-to-work. It doesn't say that unions can't exist. It's just it doesn't force mandatory participation. Um, it's an important tool that, that our state leaders have been using to attract new business and, and good-paying jobs. Uh, and in, in 24 states still, Americans are deprived of the freedom to choose whether or not to give their hard-earned dollars over to uh, unions, um, and that's just not right. We know that unions often, um, and I was a public sector employee union uh, before Mitch Daniels uh, outlawed public sector unions, and often my union dues that I was uh, required to pay would go to you know, political uh, ideologies that were opposite of mine uh, or candidates that I opposed, and uh, that's just not right. And so with right to work, we stand for the employee's right to uh, not be required to have their uh, dues taken out of their paycheck and uh, join a union at will. And then with that, we're going to go ahead and take a quick time out. We'll continue our conversation with 9th District Congresswoman Erin Houchin right after this. Don't adjust your radio. The sound that you hear is your stomach. You're having trouble focusing. You can't recall your last meal. You're trapped in the hunger zone. The solution, Batesville to go. Let to go deliver a hot, fresh meal to your home or office whenever hunger strikes. To go delivers the best food from local restaurants. Visit us online at togodelivers.com or call us at 812-727-8800. Batesville to go. Big city convenience, small town taste. And welcome back as we continue our visit with 9th District Congresswoman Erin Houchin and also uh, uh, this week, uh, you'd submitted the uh, Salem Leader to the Library of Congress uh, to commemorate their last print edition. Yeah, so we are seeing, unfortunately, uh, print edition newspapers um, falling out of publication or you know, getting purchased by larger conglomerates. And the Salem Leader had been in publication in Washington County since 1879. And on September 12th of 2023, the last print edition of the Salem Leader came off the press. So to commemorate um, that special part of the Washington County community and our history, uh, I delivered a copy of the final uh, print edition of the Salem Leader to the Library of Congress to store in their archives uh, for generations yet to come. 
and also uh, more of, of the, along the uh, ceremonial lines on the House floor, uh, you'd honored uh, Gus Grissom, uh, who was inducted into the Indiana Military Hall of Fame. Yeah, uh, Gus Grissom uh, was inducted into the Indiana Military Veterans Hall of Fame on November 10th, and I was uh, had the uh, pleasure and honor to uh, speak about his uh, contributions on the House floor. Uh, as many know, he was a hero and a trailblazer, uh, certainly an inspiration, uh, as the second man to um, travel to space in 1961. He later uh, commanded the Gemini mission, which paved the way for the moon landing. He was from Mitchell, Indiana, born and raised, and he certainly embodied the spirit of the heartland here in the Hoosier State. He carried those values with him. Um, his life was tragically cut short during a training accident on uh, the Apollo mission, and uh, but his legacy still yet continues. Uh, you know, that time when we were uh, just uh, explore, beginning to explore travel in space, um, he had to exemplify extreme bravery and courage to, to do that. Certainly, that's the quality that our military veterans um, have, which is bravery and sacrifice and service to a cause greater than oneself. Um, Gus Grissom's name will, will forever be etched into the archives of history, but I was really proud to honor him um, on the House floor and uh, hope that his memory will inspire future generations. And, of course, uh, Grissom Air Reserve Base in the state of Indiana bears his name. Yes, and he is uh, from the 9th Congressional District, uh, hailing from Lawrence County, Indiana. All right, very good. So, and, of course, uh, the uh, the base is uh, north of Kokomo and Cass in Miami counties. And uh, uh, also, as we continue our conversation with Congresswoman Erin Houchin, uh, what is uh, on your plate uh, coming up this week in D.C.? Yeah, so this week we're going to be dealing with um, uh, an uh, energy and commerce uh, bill, which is related to auto emissions um, and the Deterrent Act, which is uh, international reporting requirements for colleges that are receiving funds from foreign entities. Um, so if they're receiving uh, gifts from foreign entities that are concerning, like China or Russia, uh, if they receive gifts from there, we want to make sure that those are uh, substantially um, reported and disclosed among other gifts, uh, as well as within a certain threshold. Um, so we are not seeing undue influence uh, or we're trying to crack down on undue influence in our universities uh, from these um, hostile um, foreign governments. Uh, we saw our Indiana Attorney General in the last few years crack down on Valparaiso University that had a Confucius Institute on campus. That's no longer there. Uh, certainly, I appreciate his leadership on, on that, and we're going to do our part with the legislation this week um, on that front. And uh, you mentioned entities. Now, like, these can be uh, groups, uh, individuals, or a mix thereof? Um. <clears throat> Yeah, so it, it's from the foreign government. So if they receive a gift from a foreign country uh, or a foreign entity of concern of any dollar amount, uh, if they receive a gift or a contract from a foreign source uh, that is valued at $50,000 or more, uh, considered a loan or in combination with other gifts, um, or within a calendar year, um, the current threshold is $250,000 or more. We're lowering that to uh, $50,000, uh, 
and even if there's a, an undetermined monetary value in those to be disclosed. All right. So, uh, again, uh, you uh, are heading to the uh, airport to head off to D.C. this week. Uh, anything else, uh, Congresswoman Erin Houchin, before we let you go? Just always, if needs assistance with a federal agency, the office uh, in Jeffersonville is there to help. Uh, we have helped uh, more than, or nearly 475 um, constituents this year, uh, in totaling over uh, $1.3 million in returned uh, funds to those constituents, as well as helped with passports, veteran services, and other things. So uh, if there's a constituent in the district that needs assistance, please reach out to the Jeffersonville office uh, or online at houchin.house.gov. All right. So, again, that is houchin.house.gov. And uh, Congresswoman Erin Houchin, as always, we appreciate your time. Stay well, safe travels, and we look forward to uh, speaking with you again in about two weeks. All right. Thank you so much, Tom. Take care.